0: As
1: well, recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loosehead Sports Show. Definitely, probably, more than likely, the number one sports podcast show on planet Earth. Proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human being that runs Wandering Bear Sports and Caffeine Gum Australia. If you don't chew caffeine gum, fuck you. And if you get yeah. highlight reels from some kid that message you, messages you on the internet, also fuck you. Yeah. Mister Gillespie, 100%. you have been on a vision quest. Sir. How are you? It's oh. good to see you, by the way. <laughs> good
0: to see you too. It's been it's been too long. Um, I'm alright. I'm just in day three of. So the first it's called a three day quarantine, but the first day you arrive is zero. So I got here at seven a.m. So that's day zero. Then day one. Then day two. And then you pop out on day three. So I'm I'm I just got one sleep to go.
1: I'm very excited to see how you're going to go with the Chinese people. And uh, obviously, you're in Hong Kong as we speak. So, no Communist Party propaganda on this episode like we usually do. I know. I know. Just.
0: No, no, no. Yes. Actually, I just want to think, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say that I think quarantine is a very smart idea. (laughs) And I think that Australia could use. Some of the things that are happening here—they're very smart—and I, for one, I'm very grateful for this for the regulations.
1: And uh, look, big fan of Chairman Mao. Communism is awesome. Dumplings are even better. Dumplings are awesome. Can Can I ask you a very important question? You're somewhat less of a hedonist than I am. Yeah, different in a different way. As he vapes from the Jed Gillespie vape. But can, can, I, can I ask you, when you get off the plane in Hong, in Hong Kong on South Lantau and you get on the train, the MTR into the city, obviously you get the disabled pass like I would get because they never check you and you only pay maybe a third of the price usually. And you actually save a lot of money if you do that. Um, obviously, you did that as well. Uh, but did you get, did also you get excited? Allowed. Did, did you get excited? Also, yes. Yes, I did.
0: I did. I'm very much, it's hard to explain, but I, I struggled to get excited about things while I have another thing happening. So while the shoot year was happening, I didn't look forward to America at all. I was just like, I'll look forward to it when I get there, got to America. Uh, that's a tale for probably after this, but then, I mean, in the next segment, but then, you know, when I got, we weren't allowed to catch trains. you was straight onto the bus. Um, when I got on the, but the quarantine bus, um, I started to look at the town and I was, I was excited. I got very excited. So There's little there. did I know I had, I had 80 hours to bottle that excitement though, chubby. I had 80 hours to bottle it. So Are they, still fe- are they feeding you? No. So it's, it's quite unbelievable. So you get, you've got to fill in these forms to come here. They're quite, you're have a, a, a PCR within 48 hours of your flight. So I had to go to LAX and pay like 200 bucks American to get a PCR. Um, got that you fill all these forms in um, vaccinations all sorts of stuff you get here they give you a barcode you take your barcode you basically like one of the biggest airports in the world is shut down it's just exclusively for you know as they do the quarantine process you do two rats and a pcr at the airport Um, you sort of just follow the red line around the airport it it took about two hours and there was no one there so it's just me um and still takes two hours and then they get they you get here you sign all these forms you know obviously mask on etc and then you're in the room for for three days three and a half days so they do bring food up three times a day um but it's it's not great so I've just been on the DoorDash. the the, the coach actually dropped, yeah you can Uber Eats the coach actually dropped like a basket off of stuff which was nice as well so um it's 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 been an experience i will say it's gone the second day was good it went nice and quick um but i I got 12 hours sleep from la to here so when i landed i was i was ready to roll i was like let's go let's go to training let's meet people and unfortunately i was on the fucking bus straight to the straight to the slammer
1: i'm usually when i hong kong i spent a lot of my life in hong kong very special place near and dear to my heart i don't really have anywhere that i consider home but that's probably one of the places when you get off the airport and you go straight to the Seven Eleven as you go through the arrivals gate and you go, you know what? I'm going to get that four pack of Heineken for four Australian dollars. You jump on the MTR. You use the disabled card that is saves you a ton of money everywhere. You talk everywhere you go in Hong Kong and they never check it ever. And you get on the train heading into central. Then you're like, Holy shit, I am pumped up right now.
0: Oh, man, I'm so pumped. So the view from my my, my room is incredible. I posted it on my on my Instagram. Um, and I, I'm looking straight at the football club, and the football club's massive. And so one of the boys who I'm here with, Grain, Charles Granger from Eastwood, he's been here for about 10 days more than me. Um, and he's just sitting at the pool, sending me photos of my own hotel room. So I'm looking forward to getting out of here and punching him straight in his mouth. But mate, it, you, it you get so they
1: give you an account. Have, have they told you all this? You get an account, and you got to spend a yeah. certain amount each month. It's well, it's ridiculous. You'll be look. You're probably used to that being from where you are in Sydney and living the life you live. Bit of luxury. <laughs> they have butlers in the toilet. You go. They got the perfume guy everywhere you go. You'll love it. It's it'll be like home for that. you. Oh yeah,
0: they, mate. It's the, the the club. Obviously, they probably would prefer that quarantine and all this sort of stuff isn't happening, but. Their organisation at the club is just incredible. That I try to explain, sort of explain, they're operating on a different, different echelon of size. Like it's just incredible how organised everything is. Uh um, well, when, when you look at
1: some of the sponsors for some of the clubs in Hong Kong, it's some of the elite companies in the world. Like oh, I think Hong, Hong Kong is a sleeping giant. If they can ever work out how to make that somewhat professional, I think it'll be very appealing for people to go there.
0: Yeah, man, I, I, I agree. I'm, I've am i always – yeah, so this fell through a couple of times and it was for various reasons, but I'm very excited to play. i work got after America. Um, so I'll, I'll jump back to America. We haven't done a pod since the week leading into the Shoot Shield final. So have you got anything to say on the Shoot Shield final? Because I, I do
1: a little bit. I, I, I kind of expected you need to win. You know, I I can't remember too much about it. I did watch it. Um, I wasn't drinking at the time. Oh, I had a couple, to be fair. But I expected Uni uni to win. They should have won. What more can you say?
0: Yeah, look, I thought, I think in fairness to them, they've probably been the best team week in and week out um, in terms of consistency. They've got some good players. They're well run. Um, I do think, though, there's, firstly, about three weeks before that, no, two weeks before the finals, you remember asking me if you think, you know, Gordon are going to push Billy out. You know, like it's incredible. Well, like you know, he took him to a grand final. It's incredible. I suppose it, like, just have a tiny bit of patience, supporters. Like Gordon Moore is a good team. They certainly got helped by Harrison Goddard, Jack McGregor, a few guys coming in late.
1: Mahade,
0: um, but, they they, but they're a good fucking football team. Like. I don't know, for me, that was just another example of the lack of fucking patience some people have. You know, Gordon have come into their success really only in the last sort of two or three years. Like, probably the most experienced coach in the comp. Just just fucking hold your horses a little bit. So I think he he did a good job to get that squad there. Um, And it still should be viewed as a success from them. But apart from that, it was, yeah, look, I think it was going to take something special to beat uni. Which makes the semi final loss to them a little bit more, unfortunately, how close it was. But
1: yeah, geez, they played badly that day too. Um, look, Yeah, I thought you uni were terrible that day. Oh, thanks, Chubb. No, no. <laughs> but you don't care anymore. You've gone, you're on your vision quest. You know, I'm very excited for you to see you explore Hong Kong. Hong, Hong Kong is one of those places where obviously hedonistic people like you who would know self control can absolutely lose their mind. But people that like the outdoors, who like hikes, who like to go to beautiful places, you can do that too. There's fine dining, there's street dining, and they're both excellent. Some of the best shopping you'll get in the world. So you and your butlers will be very busy there trying to build the Jed Gillespie brand. Um, It's an incredible place, mate.
0: I don't do any of those outdoor things. So I'm probably just going to shut it down in my little apartment for six months if I like to, and just come out for trainings. Have you um, you got to do. You got go to go the Buddha.
1: There's some things you got to do. Yeah, I,
0: I, I have been here, so I, I've I done have a you? few things. Yeah, so I, I I know the roughly the things to do, but I'm I'm getting busted out of here at nine am, going going straight to the beach with Tommy Hill. So which beach? Be which beach are
1: you going to? No fucking idea. Oh mate, there's some surprise. You you are wrong right on the thick of the action at the moment, but once you get out of it a little bit, it's actually quite beautiful. Some of the places, you'll be surprised. Yeah. And obviously, you'll right. spend a lot of time in Macau, uh, very good gambling there. Wednesday nights is the horse racing. It used to be ladies' night. I don't know if it is anymore. Maybe Charlie Grange will know. Probably will know by this point. But when last time I went out on a Wednesday, no girl in Hong Kong pays for a drink. The, Why, the, is that the, the law? No, the, the, the bar him. Really? Yeah. Time to become a trans, man mate we went out for a couple of beers it was like day 19 of this 28 day bender and i was battling Battle, you yeah you're going to do a piss i was battling and then what happened work. rob james i want to drink shout out to rob james one of the all-time great degenerate human beings great person love him yeah well got, got out for a couple of beers i'm like fuck it's busy for a wednesday and then all of a sudden, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. People are leaving straight from the bar, which is packed to go straight to work. So, imagine you'll be doing that a fair bit.
0: No, I won't be doing any of that. I don't have that sort of staying power. How uh, is Aspen? And, mate. Is Aspen
1: that a nice place, fun. by the way?
0: It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Like, you get off the plane. So, I had a week in Cali before that, um, down in San Diego. Um. And if anything, I just learned that I'm too old for that for that place now. So it was. It's still beautiful. Um, the pub's still absolutely pumped, but at 30, I was too old, and at 40, a lot of my my friends are too old. <laughs> so yeah, it's did a they feel the out. same
1: way, or was it just you that felt that?
0: Oh, I think on retrospect, like after the trip's over, I think a few of them may have come to that come to terms with that. Um, but went up to Hermosa Beach for a night. That was very, very good. And then straight on the plane to Aspen. So you get off this tiny little plane to Aspen. It's probably 50 seats. And you're just surrounded by mountains. It's obviously a great skiing place. Was it the quite high
1: altitude? Like... High altitude? Yeah,
0: so the, the field was 8,000 feet. Look, as I think I said, I, like I, I paid no mind to the tournament. Not for the disrespectful thing, just because the shoot shield was on. And we really only got the final sort of draw like the day before. So um, it was going to be three 40 minute games and then a semi final on the same day. So the Aspen team tend to, they will, it's not a fucking, they load up their team. So they bring in recruits, they want to win the tournament and they do win the tournament a fair bit. So we went down for a little run uh, on the Friday when we arrived and I see Mark Chisholm warming up. On the other side of the field, and I'm like, "Is that Mark Chisholm? And one of the Americans didn't really know. And then he came over and started talking to Bash, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that is Mark Chisholm.
1: Because he's still he's Jack. He's
0: so big. Oh my fucking lord! His arms are the size of my legs. He is, is he still so playing? Big. Is he still
1: playing? What's he been doing? No,
0: nah, he re- he retired a couple of years ago. He lives in Brisbane now, um, but he's brothers brothers in law with Luke Jones, who I spent a lot of time with in Melbourne. Um, and he's fucking enormous and in great shape. And then Brad Brad Hemapo was also playing for them, and Kurt Marath. So immediately, I didn't know what sort of of caliber people were going to be in this tournament, and then pretty much it was those three, and then the rest of the Aston team. I think that's dinner. We're all just... um,
1: Go get your dinner, bro. I'll keep renting.
0: No, no, no. They were all just MLR players, so... Yeah. It was, it was kind of that wasn't good. Like we knew we we're gonna have to play them eventually, and they were very good. So th- it was rolling subs um, for the first three games. So obviously the way to do it is to have fifty fucking players. Um, unfortunately, we had like twenty four. So I ended up playing about one hundred and forty minutes in the first day. Wow. Um, so first game is eight thirty in the morning, then eleven, then two, then five. So it was it was fucking full on. Um, and So, yeah, we dispatched the first team pretty easily. Second team, um, was like so. The one of the MLR teams, Glendale, they they've they dropped out of the MLR, yeah. um, and they're focusing on turning sort of like
1: it's like an academy, isn't it?
0: Players. Yeah, so it's like a rugby academy, so it's full of these just jacked, like beast animal players, and they were just launching themselves into everything. We had. We had beaten them, like a team of aged peasants, by just playing rugby, kicking corners, like just like some real negative but like smart shit. I actually scored a try after the bell to win. Now, that will be important later. But So we lost to them. And then in the third game against the Olympic Club, who we were from LA. Um, I actually scored a hat-trick, which was nice. You did. And,
1: so you still got it.
0: Well, it, that was one thing about the tournament. I was like, well, you know, it's going to be nice to have a try. I felt, I felt not too bad. Now the first 10 minutes at 8,000 feet, you can't oh, breathe.
1: Yeah. I could imagine.
0: I, um, I went to the local Coles sort of set up and bought, they sell oxygen like canisters there. So I had an oxygen canister and, um, yeah. So we, we made the semis, but because we lost that middle game, we played the main Aspen team. So they, they've pumped us. They were very, very good. Obviously Brad Homopo, at that sort of level did a lot of damage. Um, but little did we know if we'd won that middle game we would have crossed over and played Denver and pumped the fuck out of Denver. They weren't very good. And then the final on the Sunday was an 80 minute game. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> can you fucking believe that? So you play four, 440s on a Saturday and then of course it's because it's America and everything's just more better, best, bigger. 80 minute game. So we would have probably had to forfeit, like Batch's arm is completely black. He did something to his elbow. We had about 10 guys on the Sunday who would have been able to play. So we got very lucky. Um, but yeah, beautiful place, Aspen. I, I would, I'm never going to play in that tournament again, that's for sure. But it was, in terms of the place, I'd love to go back. Um, you get really fucking sick from being at altitude, but Apart from that, it was it was it was it was very nice. I'd it's about, Colorado to do
1: Aspen's Colorado, eh? Yeah. So obviously, legal marijuana over there. So you obviously, got stuck into that between games. Bit of anti-inflammatory kind of well, stuff.
0: I will say there was definitely some people getting stuck into that. I was not. Um, Stop. It weekend, was hard man. enough. It was hard enough to breathe. I don't. I'm not into my marijuana. But the the town is like there was someone was saying that the average price of a house is sixteen million. million. Yeah, it's I, a lot of rich know, people
1: go there for holidays, don't they?
0: Oh, like if you had a if you didn't mow your lawn there, I feel like they'd throw you in the big house. So like, Batch, Batch was,
1: has a holiday house there. You've got shares in a couple of condominiums, and
0: Batch's old man's got a place there. Um, but yeah, everything was everything was very very nice. So I look, I'd, if you took like a a good second grade shoot shield team, or like for some reason you know one of the teams is like fuck, it, we're going to tour Aspen, which is going to cost you a fortune. Like mm. we had a private guy bankrolling Um, You'd win the comp very easily, but it's, it's tough to find someone who wants to spend 50 grand on a fucking tour. You got to fuck your money. Yeah. This guy does have fuck your money. And I I think we did just enough to make
1: him happy, but we're all 10 years too old. So did you go well, actually not? Did you ask him if he'd adopt you? Dad, um, dad, adopt me, please. Dad, dad. <laughs>
0: He's got enough. He's got enough kids. I think uh, that he doesn't need a thirty-year-old child. But um, no, mate, it was it was very good. It was good to get back to the states again. They still don't quite get rugby like the game against the academy just showed how much they don't get rugby. Like they had forty guys rotating subs, absolute freaks. They'd all be running four point five second forty-meter dashes, and they just they're just not rugby players yet. So they're doing their best, um, but. Yeah, they they just don't quite don't quite get it mentality wise.
1: Well, man, I'm glad you got to have some fun because it's uh, been a bit of a wild, <laughs> bit of a wild year. So I could imagine getting over there and actually seeing a bit of the world and having a good time would have been highly enjoyable. It was, It, it
0: was surprisingly good to um, like you're in this. You're so focused. I'm sure you're the same. But I, I didn't. So many people asked me if I thought about playing this year. I didn't because I had a fucking job. I was doing something. Like I had a different My job was cutting up stuff, preparing for the next week. It was different. But it was nice to be able to play again. Um, did you enjoy it playing? You I enjoyed, enjoyed playing? I enjoyed playing. It was it was fun. I sort of it took me 10 minutes or 15 minutes to sort of get in the swing of things, but um, it was certainly good. I think prep to get fucking a lot of minutes under the belt. Um,
1: so.
0: The guys have got a game tomorrow I can't play because I'm still on like another four days watch sort of thing. So I can't go inside of places for four days, but um, I'll be playing next weekend. So I'm fucking, I'm very, very keen. Uh, yeah, what's, home- been, what's been, what's on the home front? No,
1: nah, not much, mate. I've just been busy selling gum, doing videos, starting to exercise again, which is, you know, anyone that claims to be depressed, just go and do some exercise and then tell me that you're depressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, mate, I, I cannot complain about my life. Trying to work out what I'm doing next year. Uh, that should be sorted by the time this episode comes out. Um, so that has been interesting because as a player, I was not really recruited or sought after. Um, but it's kind of nice to have some interest at this point. That's it, mate. Yeah. Always is. I think. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's it's it shock it shocks me how fucking poorly run the. Clubs are in Sydney in terms of sorting out their program for the few, the next year. Like,
1: I know if, East East are the on, East and Warringah are the only clubs, and West Harbour are the only clubs that are hundred percent sorted, from what I can tell. Well, that's that's Maybe an interesting place.
0: that's an interesting one because I think East underperformed again. So, you know. Uh, I would have thought that would be maybe one of the ones with the changeover. I know that the guys only been there for a year, but I don't know how much talent you have to have to fucking, like if we if we had that much talent or guys from the TARS and sort of consistently fail, I don't know. They, I, I don't know what they're going to do. there. Um, they need to get a front row. They just never have a front row. And every year they fucking regret not having a front row. Um, and West Harbour, I actually think it's a good time to coach West Harbour. I, I think it's smart. And it's sort of like a DC mentality in that respectfully, not respectfully to West Ham, it's just fucking reality. How much worse can you go? How much yeah, worse okay. can you go?
1: I agree. If you've, if so you've like, got the um, testicular fortitude to guts that out, could be a very good opportunity. I mean, I'm sure there's, inter-
0: like, it's frustrating. There'll be things there that are hard to do, but like any club has those problems. But, like, they came fucking, what, second last? Yeah. Like, unless you come dead last next year, then you fail. So it's it's not a bad thing, I don't think.
1: I was talking to a very well-established shoot shield coach yesterday who said to me, he said to me, mate, one thing you got to get used to is that as a coach, you live in the gray zone. There's no black or white. There's only gray. And every rugby club at any level is run by people who think that they know what they're doing. And they might be the old legend who works at a supermarket or a billionaire, they all think they know the best thing and very few of them actually know what is required to win. And you've just got to get used to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've got personal experiences. I can hundred percent back that. Um, I just don't understand from practicality sense. I suppose last year I was coming from twos to ones, but Long, long, long before where we are right now in the calendar, there was things happening. There were chess pieces in play to retain players, to make sure players were happy, to get them more money next year, take a week off. You know, like the fact that clubs, uh the clubs who wait the longest are going to fucking battle because
1: it's getting a lot harder clubs, and harder. Hundred oh, <laughs> percent. Sorry, you finish what you finish your thought there That's because I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, I know Easter sorted, and but there's a bunch of clubs who are still playing catch-up. And I was having this conversation with my dad to, yesterday, actually. The expectations in the Shoot Shield have gone through the roof. The level of commitment required is basically full-time now. The financial rewards for most clubs have not gone up to match the expectations, from what I can tell. That so you've got that, but then you've also got the fact that. The shoot shield has being looked at as a recruiting ground for competitions all over the world now because it lines up well with North America, lines up well with Europe, lines up well with Japan. So people are coming to the shoot shield to recruit. So you, you're going to get a high turnover from what I've I've spoken to a number of head coaches and there's a high turnover of talent at their clubs, maybe five clubs. And they've all said 10 to 15 people, the top guys have all gone. So that's just going to make it harder and harder and harder. And then you've got to keep in you've got to keep in mind as well, you have to have you have to have four grades. Registration for most clubs is between four hundred and five hundred and 500 bucks. And because of the last couple of years, less and less people want to actually play because they don't want to fuck off to Europe during winter and go and do European summer and live a bit of life. So it's become more and more of a challenge.
0: It's, mate, it's, an, it's an enormous challenge in Coupled on that, you've got this thing in the shoe show where when guys sort of pass 26, they don't play into their 30s. I didn't play into my 30s. I just felt that like the the, the times of these sort of club legends sort of hanging around for no reason and just continuing living their life, they're over. So people retire. So like if they're sort of like, fuck it, I don't want to go overseas and make 20 grand. I don't want to go to Spain and fucking maybe not be paid and just have an adventure. I'm not 22 years old. I'm not going to be a Waratah because, respectfully, the Waratahs don't really look at guys who are over 27 very much. They retire. So, you know, on top of all those things you've mentioned, you've got to try and retain guys who, in a different generation, would be slam dunk, lay down. They'll be there next year. We don't have to worry about Chubby and Jed. They'll be here pre-season. They're they're not there pre-season because they're like, I've done – I've fucking done enough here. I'm going going to retire. So, I just think – I don't know where these clubs think players are going to Come from, but they don't fucking grow on trees. So the re- the retaining of people and the recruiting of people is it's just so difficult. And if you if you if you're if you're a club that's left and you don't have a coach right now, you fucked up, and you'll pay for it in one way or another.
1: Uh, that's most of them, just quietly. And I can tell you off air who those clubs are. But I think I think now you've. I totally agree with what you said. I think the days of just endless club loyalty are probably gone. And I think it's actually a generational, it's a generational thing more than anything. And I think if you are trying to retain, I think you should be trying to retain as many people as possible because it's far cheaper to retain than it is to recruit. I think everyone would agree with that, but you have to have some kind of plan in place to show that you're going to have a good rugby program next year the club has a bit of a vision for where they want to go there's there's the the rest of the boys that you get on with are staying. the coaches you like are staying the club's getting a good coach, whatever it's going to be. but having a bit of a vision and a plan I think is very, very important, particularly with the way the competition is at the moment where everyone's poaching everyone there's no I think it's become very cutthroat. Like I've heard of a variety of clubs who are just going after anyone.
0: Yeah, of course. You know. I don't really blame. I don't really blame them for that. And, and it never used I, to
1: be like. Never used to be like that.
0: I did. You got to rely. I feel like it used to be more like players got fed up for one reason or another and sort of chose a different club. Yeah. I mean, we had a number of guys from West Harbour back in the day, sort of like Todd Pierce, Liam Winden, uh, Nick Riley, and they were really good players. But it's we weren't fucking out there chasing him in October they were just like well I don't like this anymore I'm going to go somewhere else and then you've got to have a good enough culture to retain for nothing um, which we did at the time but yeah look I think it's, it's incredibly cut through I don't know like I suppose if the season's over right and you don't have a head coach for the next year who the fuck is retaining these guys like who's doing it that's my question to these to the clubs like and what do you think the outcome will be? Because I it might be generational, but if if your players, if the player's not getting a phone call between September and November and some other club calls them, they'll be like, Oh, that's cool. That's nice to be fucking wanted by someone else. I mean, like, you know, I'm not really getting paid, I just get match payments here. Why wouldn't I go there? You know, my club hasn't even got a doesn't have a coach yet. So it's it's fucking scary. Oh, it's it's just baffling. I don't know. I don't know how they get away with it, but it just puts more and more pressure on the on whoever is these coaching for these clubs eventually to finally sign something and then just absolutely hit the ground running to try and get a squad together. It'd be a fucking nightmare.
1: Well, it's, look, this case that I was speaking to, he's like, I think I'm going to be the coach, but I don't know, so I can't really recruit because if I recruit and I'm not there, then it's poor form. So I would rather know beforehand. And this is someone that did very well in the shoot shield.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking madness. It really is madness. And, you know, there's, the, there's that thing now where like players don't have a year or they don't think they have a year internally. They're like, I don't have time to be second string. So I, you know, if somewhere else is going to promise me first string, I'm gone. And that's sort of, that's risen as sort of, I suppose, club, loyalty has dropped and i don't i'm not knocking it necessarily it's just the way that it is it's becoming more professional in that respect like if you're if you're not getting if you're not playing in melbourne and the tars don't have a fucking prop then you're going to go to the tars and you're not going to feel bad about it and i feel like that's the way the shield's heading as well
1: i i had a message from an agent the other day who said hey mate i'm a french fed one club this is like third division in france yeah. Are looking for a loose head prop that plays Shoot Shield, they're going to pay a thousand euros, uh, four thousand euros a month plus accommodation and flights. Why the fuck would you not do that?
0: I, I would. Well, I, I'd i do it, it now.
1: But, but how if, how you, if you're one of these guys that's not going to crack professional rugby and you're a Shoot Shield player, which is, let's face it, they're the guys that they're going after, you're getting four thousand euros a month plus free accommodation to live in the south of France. Are you going to fucking do it?
0: It comes back though to something I always harp on about. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it, but you have to be aware enough to know you're not going to crack it. And or you may have cracked where you're going to crack and it's time to move. Because if you're stubborn, and being stubborn is a good thing. I mean, the great players are, you know, stubborn in the way they train and the, you know, not taking no for an answer, but you know, if you're 26, 25, you're still knocking back opportunities with the hope of, you know, doing a preseason with the Brumbies, you know, then. You, you, if you're on that level, then maybe keep going. But you've got to be self-aware enough to go fuck. Okay, I'm actually not as good as the third string there. I need. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go do something else. So it's a no-brainer for me. But that's because I've already lived that life.
1: Yeah, but the benefits of hindsight. You can look back and go, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Now, tell me, what did you think of that French referee? <laughs> yeah, I was very it bored
0: say No, I have. I was yeah. very bored yesterday, and I actually. Recorded started recording something. I don't know why. There's no point to it. Um, but we need to stop bringing... Well, I don't know how it works. I'm sure the IRB appoints them, but the way rugby is refereed in France is a fucking shit show and very, very different to the way it's refereed in Australia and New Zealand. It's polar different. Like, I complain about the red cards, the yellow cards. Here, go watch the top 14. There'll be a stop every two minutes and the, and the referee's looking at some tiny indescript thing. Um, they've consistently come down to the Southern Hemisphere and completely fucking ruined test series uh, from the British Irish Lions to this one. It's a joke. Like, of, it is a law, yes. Like many laws in rugby, they're discretionary. You don't start enforcing them on the last play of the game. Um, it was. It's probably the only game in fucking history where I'm like, they were That was. It was. It was a fucking robbery. It, it was. It was. That guy made the decision on who won the test. The test had already been won. Um, and we got to do whatever we can to stop getting fucking French referees down here fucking up tournaments.
1: I I agree somewhat. I think I was watching the game going, why the fuck are they taking their time? The ref's getting agitated. Kick the fucking ball out, Bernard. Like, what are you doing? I, I was watching it thinking that. Cock was off. Was it? Cock was off. Mate, you've you did, if you want to be a sticker for the rules, the time is off. You know how to waste time as well as I do. They were fucking wasting time. Yes, but the time was off.
0: So if, if the time is off, then you can't be penalized for wasting time.
1: Yeah. No, I, look, I, I agree. It was a very poor decision. But like with many of the rules in rugby, I think a lot of the time, if it is technically correct, they tend to blow a penalty without going, well, does that, is that really necessary? Like And and I I think the refs are put in a really hard position. Like, that's the rules that they get told to referee. So they have to referee it. But I don't think it often makes sense. You know, and to decide, I I think the All Blacks, for for a referee's decision to decide that game is fucking horrendous. Like, the All Blacks could have scored anyway. Do you know what I mean? It was very disappointing. What if they they got a turnover at that line out and they... Did a couple of uh, you know Caleb Clark yeah. who was playing on the wing? Did a good play. They could have won anyway. I, I it was it very better. Yeah, it was because they played fucking well too. What a great game of rugby!
0: I think Australia actually match, matches up reasonably well in New Zealand because New I think Zealand sort of, does the,
1: I think everyone does at the moment.
0: New Zealand set piece dominance is not where, where it was, which helps a lot. So if you are playing a you know set piece beast side. it, it you know, 20 times a game, you're already going to be in strife. Whereas New Zealand don't really have that, particularly around the scrum. I don't rate the guys they pick. Um, and that helps, it helps us because whilst I think we have good props, I don't think we have world beaters. Um, and that just opens up the rest of the game where where there's some really good footballers in the sort of back three and the, and centers. I, I still think Australia needs a 10, um, and like you know, Bernard Fowler. or like the guys who've come in to do a job, are, are legends of the game. But like, it seems like that we, they just are not happy with the with Lolesio in terms well, he was, of being. He was injured. He was injured. I know, but they 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 dumped him for Quaid originally. They've had James O'Connor floating in and out. Is Lolesio going to be the tenant of the next World Cup? Who knows? Or they're going to they're going to carry like a spotter.
1: It's a weird one, isn't it? Because and really like in coaching, I think we've talked about this before. It takes a while a while to develop a team. And that could take a few years to so, to you are really successful. But often you do not have a couple of years to get success. So you've got to win now while whilst developing talent and developing the team at the same time. So I I can see why it's a hard one for Rennie. But I agree with you. Like they I think picking and sticking might be better for a guy like Tane or Lola at the moment. But but really the wallabies need to win games. The wallabies need to win games. They
0: do. But I I mean what's I'm not sure the value add from these from the older guys is as much. I'm not there day in, day out. So maybe their value add in terms of their intangible leadership is so amazing. And that's something I can't comment on. But I'm not sure the value add in having them is that is that different from having one of the young guys who's actually going to be there. Um and at the end of the day as as important as it is, I, I don't think it'll it'll be inconsequential if that fly half then becomes a World Cup sort of hero and leads the team from the front. So on that note, I think this the Australia a scam tournament <laughs> will have to be very important. they've um, got
1: more they've yeah. they've hooked in more people, including a well-known yeah. schoolboy. he's locked in. okay now.
0: I'll, okay, so. The scam, of course, is that they cap them, and then the, it's harder for them to go overseas internationally. It's very, very smart. It's the smartest thing they've ever fucking done. Um, it would still be so fun to play if you're a young guy oh, and you think three
1: weeks in Japan, you
0: do it in a heartbeat. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. But
1: yeah.
0: I've watched on the on the young fellow, I watched him play a lot. I watched him play league a lot when I was working there. He's a very good footballer. Now, his last game may well have been against fucking Shaw First Fifteen. How the fuck does he go straight into the Australia A side? And someone tell me if you're playing shoot, if you're playing fucking shoot shield, if you're playing New South Wales Academy, you're playing anything. How stoked you are that a kid's just gone straight from Joey's to the Australia A test squad? It's a fucking absolute joke. And he's a very good player, but he's not Sawali. He's not someone who could go straight into men's footy and kill it. He's just not. So if I was a fullback, if I was an outside back, someone like that. They've obviously used it as a carrot to sign him, but it's a fucking stitch up, really. I mean, he's on the bench for the Taz the Taz fucking trial match. There's a few players in that side who are better back three than him at this point in time. So that it's just for me, it, it was very it's hollow and it looks it, it's a bad look. I did I didn't think it was a great look.
1: Can't blame him for doing it. <laughs>
0: I can't blame him for t- trying to get the contract. I think it's overhyped in terms of the steal that they've got from Lee because I've watched him play a lot of Lee. He's a very good player. Um, he probably wasn't going to... Eh, he might have got like a WTS version of a top 30 for the next year, but he wasn't going straight into the NRL. Um, so it's not like a Sawali level Will Penasini-level steal. It's, it's ju- he's just a good footballer. So for him to go straight into the National A side is fucking Dumb, but hey, they need some, they need to look good in the public eye, so kudos to them. And uh, it, it looked, it was a good, it was a nice clickbait sort of um, you know, news article.
1: It's all about the messaging.
0: Some yeah. of those guys need to play football, by the way. Like in that A squad, for once, I I saw past the scam and thought, fuck, this could be a good opportunity. Like, point if I'm silly, like, there's a few guys who. Have been in the Wallabies squad forever and never played football. They they need to play badly. So hopefully the Wallabies will get a good indication from some of those games and take them on the spring tour or whatever they do. But look, I'll be watching it. But it's 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 (laughs) in my mind. It's still a scam. I think.
1: What else is bothering you at the moment?
0: Um, I definitely want to talk about that because I again I. He's a very good player, that young kid. He's a very, very good player, but he's to go straight into the national side is fucking ridiculous. Um, nothing in particular. No, nothing. I, I, Nothing's bothering you? Not, not really. I mean, I don't want to be in this fucking room anymore. I got, people came to my door today, three people dressed like I was holding uranium and with a giant suction thing on my face and PCR testing me. So I'd prefer not to be in this room, but I'm busting out tomorrow morning, so I can't complain too much. And I always used to say how I'd like to go to prison for a little bit to see what it's like. and This is a very nice version of prison.
1: You um, will love the buffet culture in Hong Kong. Big buffet (laughs) culture. You'll love it. I loved it. You go to all these hotels and they do like unbelievable breakfast buffets. You're like, fuck it, I'm hungover. Let's go and get a buffet. Legit. And are you a big yum cha
0: guy? If I'm awake that early, yeah, I
1: fucking love it. Yamcha, oh dude, Yamcha, the Yamcha over there. Well, Hong Kong is where Yamcha was from, so you'll and have I a grump. F- I, I'm not
0: so Granger myself, particularly myself. I think I, I haven't touched, but I've sent Granger to a fucking market somewhere to buy me a pair of shoes. So he could be dead at, at this point. Um, Mate, but
1: you got to negotiate hard with them. I want genuine Romex, like he-
0: genuine. He- He's an absolute inbred from terrible. So he's got no idea what he's doing. He's probably giving him his wallet for a pair of fake Yeezys. But I, um, I'm i just coaching for the next little bit. So I've, I've messaged uh, about to join a boxing club um, near my house. And then I'll just be sort of coaching. And I'll, I may be coaching in this sort of private um, stuff as well. So it's going to be a chill little month while I just train. Uh, which is going to be nice. I haven't done that for a long time. So it's going to be fucking cool. You'll lose your um, fucking mind
1: in Hong Kong. One child, I'm not going to lose like, I'm, I'm, not,
0: I'm, not, I mean, I'm not that big a drinker, which I think is going to disappoint a lot of people. I can, again, which I learned in America, I already knew, but I can have like a night, but after that, or in two nights, but I can't fucking like stay out till 8 a.m. I'm, I'm not 18 years old.
1: No, but you will look, it's very fun over there. Like uh, Sydney, Australia nightlife in general sucks. But you go to Hong Kong, it's just, you just have, mate, you have fun. It's very hard to get in trouble over there as well, you know.
0: Well, the fact that I'm not in a gulag right now is a very good start. Um, and once more, I'd just like to say how much I appreciate the quarantine process here. And I think it's very smart. And uh, everything thus far has been tip top, unbelievable. Australia should take some notes.
1: You got to go to um, when you go, can you take like Hilly, you know, all these guys that were born with butlers, you know, you got to go Charlie Granger (laughs) yourself. You got to go to Chunking mansions. There's an, an Indian restaurant in there. I think it's called the Taj Mahal. It's probably still there. And you walk into the scene and you're like, I am going to get killed. It is like the ghetto, but it is one of the best restaurants you'll ever go to in your life as cheap as shit and beautiful Indian food. And I just want to see all you boys' faces when you go in there. Fuck, okay. it's good. Cheap is good. I'll, I'll have but to try. But it's drag. quality. It's quality. Like Hong Kong is so competitive with food. Like Cronulla, the food sucks. You can get burgers and breakfast and pub food. That's it. But in Hong Kong, everywhere is good. So it's very competitive and they got to make it cheap and good. And, you know, fuck, I'm, I'm going to come to Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very exciting. I'm- looking forward to playing some good footy and seeing some shit um it's going to it's going to be real it's going to be fucking real
1: i'm a bit um, disappointed did, nothing else is bothering you by the way this is very unusual would, maybe you've been on holidays so you might be a bit relaxed you know um
0: no the chewing tobacco that I that I brought in from the states has really relaxed me um
1: <laughs> no, no is that the, is that I mean, the, no. the cocaine um, one that they sort of put in I'm not into that shit. No, no, no. I know you are. I,
0: I well, no, nothing's bothering me in particular. I need, I need. I left Australia in a fucking hurry. I tell you that much in a absolute flurry. So, I've, I've got about forty-seven missed calls from my real estate agent who's trying to show my unit. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, there's a few things. There's a few pieces of admin. I've got to get back to some people. It was, it was frantic. It was frantic. Stations leaving, but um, no, I have got nothing bothering me, bro. Unless something, someone wrote on the comments is going to bother me, then um, no, I'm, I'm sweet.
1: Well, I'm very happy for you. You've got some exciting shit happening. It's, um, you know, you can always oh, – co- I've got something that bothers me. Go on. Those fucking North
0: versus South teams that shoot Shield named yeah. are fucking awful. Well done, coaches, because the teams suck. There you go. 95s anymore, I can say whatever I like. Let me pull them up.
1: Have you got a, a, a on-glance opinion of them? I didn't even think about it. Like I just look at the front rise and go, eh, okay. You know, Let's it have a look. is
0: insane.
1: It's it's madness.
0: This is madness. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through individuals, but like but you know what I reckon-
1: just- you know what I reckon as well, bro? I reckon a bunch of people would have said nah I reckon no, no, these I, are the I, people that said I, I yes,
0: saw, I saw that email circulate. I saw that email, which is this is the this is what the coaches fucking voted in, and that well, like Charlie
1: Hancock he's fucking good, Matt Faler's good, Connor Young's good, I don't know Manasseh Rockefur well enough, like what uh like who in particular are you off?
0: I, I'm not going to – I'm not pulling people out. I'm not doing it. But it, what it did strike me as was I saw the thing circulate and I had players who received like more than three votes, players who received more than four votes. And I just thought some of those guys wouldn't even make a first-grade team in a top-two club. So we're going back to like a – I
1: don't think Tane Edmonds should be there.
0: No, he's a hack. Like going back to a can catfold sort of system where it's like equality. It's it's anyway. I'm done there, but I just. Oh, like I kind of way. agree.
1: Some of them probably, yeah. You go, yeah, yeah, you're right. But there's a lot of them that should be there. I think. All right. Hold on.
0: There were there were three or four guys I didn't know who the fuck they were. I don't know who a lot of that's not. But, but that's, that's a not. Positive given. Every compliment. week I'm scouring the floor of games, looking at people. So you, how, you how can
1: gamble on shoot shield now. How good's that? Legally, anyway. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Are you not involved in? Remember anyone?
0: those those gambling seminars, mate. If you if you according to those things you you do, like if I know anyone who knows anyone who knows anyone that shoot shield, technically you can't gamble. What? Like if they wanted to get you, like oh, I'm not allowed to gamble on fucking anything. Technically, <laughs> but
1: Ted no, well, that's a, Ted Jed Gillespie can't, but Ted Gillespie can. Ted Gillespie
0: can. Oh yeah, he can. He can load up.
1: Ted um, Gillespie.
0: Shout out to my brother for all those bets he placed. Um, did you? Did anyone ask any questions?
1: Yes, I did have a couple of questions. You won't oh. like a, you won't like a couple of them. There's not too many, to be honest. I think um I think unless you're really consistent people tend to just like get uh, uh should Hong Kong be independent from China? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You got to be careful I'm... what you say because you're in China and um it's Hong a very Kong, interesting yeah. like you probably pay more attention to like you know world politics than I do but it's a very interesting mix. If you're if you are from Hong Kong, you consider China you consider Hong Kong to be a separate country, but it's really part of China. But that's what... I that's- read,
0: I've read... I had 72 hours, so I read the entire history of Hong Kong um, and it was very interesting. And uh, I think everyone's doing a great job.
1: <laughs> Just blink if you're in danger. How soon are you heading to Sheko Beach for a session? Oh, great question. Great Thai the place there. That? Great Thai place there. Oh, my God. Oh my god! I'm so excited for you. You should go. I'm actually.
0: I'm thinking about just so everyone in Hong Kong has like a not everyone, but all the rich people have like a a a a nice Filipino lady who works in their house during the days. And I'm thinking about just becoming one of the Filipino ladies.
1: They don't get they don't get paid much (laughs) at all. So like you could you could afford one. You could afford one. I had one as a kid, Jossie, lovely lovely lady. That's Jossie. Look at how well I turned out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well done.
1: How'd you... Fucking... Yeah, well done. Fuck you. How'd you pull up after three 60-minute games in a day after not playing for over a year? I think we kind of covered that.
0: I'll I'll elaborate a touch. I I was fucked. Um, I was very, very fucked. So there was just enough time in between games to, like... By the time he got off the field, had, had a bit of a yarn, had some water, walked back to the hotel. Like, Aspen's only about four streets wide. He so walked back to the hotel. Um, we were staying probably in the Crappist Hotel, and it was fucking beautiful. I was rooming with the great American hero, Todd Cleaver, as well. Which was Is called, he a wild boy? Yeah, but he's a lovely guy. Like, he really, truly is a, a nice dude. And obviously, Aspen is the apex of American rugby, so everyone wants to chat to him. and so He's a really nice man. Um, but... It was just enough time where you go back to the hotel. You sort of had twenty to thirty minutes. And you had to turn around again. So, our first warm up of the day was like forty minutes, and our last warm up was just us standing under the posts. So, oh, my body was not good. My head—I had some really bad sort of grazes on my head, um, which made me look like I had leprosy, and I really only just got rid of them. So, um, but it look, I didn't pull up that well. Having said that, I pulled up a lot better. As I said, Ben Batcher, he. He, still got uh, it? He's,
1: he's still he's
0: got 30, it. He's 38, right? So he played very, very well, played at 10, but he's just I it. and he I know he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever I like. You know, when you're young, like my dad was played first grade, he was very, very he was, he was a good player and he's very fast, unlike me. Well, actually, I'm not too slow, but he was fast twitch muscle, like and when we used to play touch footy and stuff, he was just lighting fast, he just burned me. And, you know, that age kicks over where your dad's not very quick anymore. And that's how Batcher played. <laughs> so he was, he was very good. He had the ball. We're, on, at, we're at altitude, so had, he was kicking 80 metres. But there's a few times where, you know, 2015 Batcher's in the clear and, you know, he's just scoring, no one's touching him, and he just gets mowed down. So it was very funny.
1: Here's a good question for you. Why do you love waylo so much?
0: It's almost a paradoxical question when you think about it um i don't love waylo so much uh that would be that would be too much to say i love him so much i love my family um, i love hong kong and i think the, the government is doing a great job
1: <laughs> it's a great way to answer that is lynn walton the most inspirational rugby player you've met in person
0: Oh bro. Who is so, Lynn Walton? We had, we had a few hanger honors. Um if there's a, if there's anyone more tragic than and I mean tragic in a good way because I'm a rugby tragic, but like tragic than American rugby fans, because America's a small sport. It's like being a rugby fan in Melbourne. Like if you're a rugby fan in Melbourne, you're a madman because no one <laughs> fucking cares about it. If you're rugby, if you're a rugby man in America, no one cares about it. Um now the only one people more tragic than that, and that would be guys who played in the seventies and eighties. So we had three or four of them hanging, hang, hanging, hanging on to the on back side um, and just telling yarn. So one guy, this guy in particular, just got a hold of you and just chewed it straight off the bone. Ran a fucking five second hundred in nineteen eighty one. That sort of chat. So um, I'm not, I'm not not used to that sort of thing. So he was the most, he's one of one of the most inspirational people of all time. But um, you know, at eight thousand feet. When you've got altitude sickness, your nose is bleeding, you're on the toilet, you've played 200 minutes, I'm happy to listen to whatever someone's talking about, to be honest. Shout out,
1: shout out to Liam Walton. Yeah. Are you still a virgin after your America trip? Can I ask <laughs> who asked that question, please? Can I play you my card? You, you might be playing with them in Hong Kong. Oh, it's fucking Granger.
0: Oh, so I've left. Okay. He. <laughs> The our, Eastwood second row from this year Never left Terrigal He's never left Terrigal He just goes down to Terrigal Every Saturday night Gets punched in the face on the Esplanade Goes home Thinks it's a great night He's been in Hong Kong For nine days Effectively by himself Leaning up the, fa- the fact he's not dead Is a miracle I can tell you for free That he got straight out of Quarantine And the boys had a Team building day that day Where they ended up on a punt On the harbour And
1: Junk They're ran- called junks They're called junks Junk,
0: what? Yeah, okay. they called junk. Bad, bad. Yeah. But it was very cool. It was like an amazing race sort of thing. And then you ended up on a junk. So he went straight out of quarantine into that. After that night where he had to be put in the cab, he called his mum and said, oh, I want to go home. So Granger, you're treading on absolute thin ice. He was he, he's barely he's barely living as a human. So to answer his question, I think his question's redundant. Um, but no is the answer. Yes, no is the answer.
1: Um, would Charles Granger, absolute pig of a human, is that what is that what we're saying publicly on the show?
0: <laughs> no, it's just he's. <laughs> he, I don't know. I don't think he's ever. I don't know if he's ever even fucking been overseas. So it's just very funny to like. I he's. I asked him if he could buy me shoes today. He sent me a video, a photo of a guy walking a turtle. Like I, I don't know. I don't know where he is. So um, you'll
1: you'll see this. There's different districts in Hong Kong for markets. So there's like there's like the shoe market. So I at the pet market, I lived above the goldfish market. So you can get people that take birds around for walks. Like they'll get a bird on a string and they'll take... Hong Kong's a wild place, bro. You, I, if, if you've never seen the world before, I could understand why it's very uh, confronting because in Terrigal, you walk down the street, you're not going to step out of anyone's way. In in Hong Kong, you're sidestepping people left, right, and center. There's yeah, you walk yeah. out your door. There's five thousand people right in front of you. It's very uh, it's very confronting.
0: I've I've been to I've been to Asia a couple of times, uh, so I've sort of got hold of that. But the like I was walking off the plane and like in the little tiny strip aisle, like it's tiny. You can't like you you can't fit one person in there, let alone me. And some dude's are trying to walk around, me, and I'm just That's- like. It's not happening, man. I'm sorry, but this is this thing's 70 centimetres across. Where are you going? We're in a Kate, line.
1: Kate, fuck it. Kate, Kate's like from Foster, a small coastal country town. And even by the end of our time there, she was like knocking over grannies with like Zimmer frames because she's like, fuck it. Just because I'm not from here doesn't mean I'm not going to fucking – I have to move. And that's how you feel. Um, but a good hint for anyone who's in Hong Kong is make sure you escape to one of the little islands. Semi regularly, just for like a day trip or a hike or something, because you'll need that little escape from the hustle and bustle, particularly where you're living. You're right in the thick of everything. Very important.
0: Oh, well, well, we got that escaping. Did I say it's a, that they've ended hotel quarantine?
1: Yes, you did. Oh, you said it beforehand. You said it beforehand, I so think. I said it
0: beforehand. So I've been in here, I've been in the Slammer for three days. Today, they're about to end it. So, no one else coming in will have to do it. I'm the i the last batch, um, so that was like just ironically beautiful how that panned out. But that means as well, like you said, um, like we've checked out some flights to Vietnam for Christmas and stuff like that. They're like 400 bucks return. So awesome. Thailand, go to Phuket.
1: Phuket's awesome. Yeah, Singapore, I think I think, I think a few of the
0: guys who've been stuck here for you know, three or four years or whatever it's been, three years, two years, I'm um, pretty keen to get on a plane again. So I'll get on that plane with her.
1: Go to Macau. There's some excellent Portuguese restaurants there. So Macau's a bit of a Portuguese settlement back in the day. And they've tro- they've turned it into the Las Vegas of, of Asia, which you, you can go to like the Palms Casino and there's pool parties and shit like that. But that's not the good part of Macau. Like I know you'll enjoy that. But there's some, like, if you go to the Portuguese part of town, it's actually fucking awesome. And I mean yeah, that man, genuinely. No, it,
0: I, I think I don't think I made Macau last time I was here. I, I, I definitely went around. So you'll need to go party. every
1: three months on a visa run. So you just get the ferry to the Macau for the day, go have lunch, go do whatever you do. Then they stamp your visa. Then you can go back to Hong Kong. So they do the a visa th- run there. I got a six, I got a year visa, I
0: think,
1: or six months. Okay, so you got a working visa or a holiday visa? I got a
0: work, I got a proper okay, working okay, okay. visa.
1: Yeah, so if you I'm got a holiday happy. visa and you're there long term, you get three months at a time, but you just go and, uh, you know, you just got to leave the country every three months. Sensational, sensational. That's pretty, that's pretty cool, mate. I feel like we haven't really worked you up enough, uh, but that's fine. Like you're relaxed now, hair's growing nicely. Beard's looking, beard's looking good, by the way.
0: Oh, do you know how painful it was? But like, so I dyed my beard. Obviously, the one I dyed it because I was on tour with a a very good friend of mine who's... Is it died down? Just
1: died down? Died down? No. So you have... Your beard is dyed? Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it looked different. (laughs) It's like very bright.
0: (laughs) I said, yeah. So the reason I dyed it was because he dyes his beard like normal colour because it gets greys in it, which makes me giggle because every time we go somewhere fun, he runs the, like, just for men thing through his beard. So we're at like fucking Ralph's or whatever the store's called over there. I was like, I'll buy some dye. I'll dye my beard. And it was so excruciatingly painful. It just burnt my face to no end. Like I'm talking like I couldn't breathe. It hurt so bad. But after the first time it just made it go bright red. So I was like, I can't stop. I got to keep going. I had to dye it like four times to get some sort of color that wasn't just like really, really red. Um, don't recommend it. It hurts so bad, like very, very bad. Uh, that's, but that's, that's
1: a great one. That's good news.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good. I don't. So kids out there, don't dye your beard. I don't know how. I toyed with going to the um, like hair salon and getting a Gordon Ryan like.
1: Why we'll he go the Gordon Ryan beard? Like, is he trying to be oh, like Goku or something?
0: Hey, he's the. But I'm, we've, known, we've now lost everyone, but. The uh, greatest jiu jitsu
1: player, they call it. Uh, submission the grappler. The greatest, greatest submission. submission grappler.
0: I had the big ADCC tournament on the weekend. I'm a massive anything where people are strangling each other fan, and he is the fucking man. So I, I, I was going to toy with that, go and get it done properly, but I couldn't afford it in Aspen. It was too fucking expensive.
1: You should go to my brother's jiu jitsu gym in Hong Kong. It's fucking very it? Of- uh, I'll go It's near where you are I'll, I'll message him And get him to tell me But he It's like a small roof And it's like a bit of a sweaty Sort of sweat box Kind of place So you'll lose weight Pretty quickly And get really fit um, But yeah Anyone who hasn't done jujitsu, Highly recommend it Particularly for I'm rugby worried. players I'm worried
0: about the net, My knees though Because I, I can't I can't go in, Like I can't sit Like on You know people squat Like to the yeah. ground I can't So Have I'm a little bit said- worried about that. You could just play. That's why God. I've always liked play box. I'll just pull guard. I'll pull guard over. That's why I've been, oh been more of a boxing fan traditionally. I'm also concerned about getting I've got one very prominent cauliflower ear now. If I was to get a second cauliflower ear late in in my in my stint as a young man, I'd be very disappointed. If this one just blew out like that, I'd be I'd be heartbroken. My chances of uh, seeding a young family would be near impossible, it'd be near zero.
1: Oh, they're, no! There's some crazy bitches that love cauliflower ears. I reckon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's only so much love to go around. This, the, my, my, my one this side, which has just been bleeding and seeping all over the hotel for the last three days, is probably enough for young one young lady. Let alone two, just absolutely pissing blood every day. But you got
1: to look after hey. you got to look after the cuts and the infections in Hong Kong because uh, can go can go bad very quickly. Very humid climate, very hot. Um, yeah. Mate, I've I've well, got nothing else to ramble. Have you got anything else you want to talk about? Not really.
0: I chipped both. I've chipped two teeth, and you know, I've been almost completely out of my mouth. So, looking forward to claiming that on travel insurance and passing that on to my parents, who will be more than excited uh, that another bill has arrived in the mail. Um, Kate's waving. But no, I don't really. Have, I don't really have anything more to. Um, He's not to paying. attention. Kate to, waving.
1: Kate was waving at you in the background. Okay.
0: He can't hear hello hey Kate yeah I don't I don't have anything more to complain about really I'm interested to see how the test match goes this weekend I think the wallabies are good uh look good at eight bucks um I can't bet on them here which is disappointing but I think they're a good shout at eight bucks um disappointing that our friend's back in the second row um where he belongs but you know it's good that he's playing multiple tests in a row it's still it's still very cool getting to see him run out um every weekend i find it i don't know it's just fucking cool
1: it just uh, it goes to prove my theory that the when you know someone it just makes it so much better and i think that if you can if cuz we know jed's story we know what he's been through you know we've seen the evolution so it makes it that much better so i think if if the sport in general could do a better job of telling the stories of guys that's how you get people to buy into it i think the nfl do oh, yeah. it well whatever fucking reason rugby league do it reasonably well with some of the guys or they do it themselves well uh but i still think rugby's a little bit off the eight ball
0: oh it's way off the eight ball and that's why traditionally shoot shield's been so well supported because the same people watch the same people every week they know their parents they know they saw him play Colt their son's the fucking water boy so like that's why I think in that in the sort of kickback to the super the the anti-super period of like sort of 17 to 21 um, that's why Chuchild was so popular because they're the guy you, you there's, you know, i more seem more approachable as characters. You can talk to them after games. And I think the more I think actually the Rugby AU do a whoever runs their Instagram actually does a cracking job. So, they're, but the, they're the doing more, a they, lot better.
1: But, but I think as well, it's got to go back on the players a little bit more. Like if you look at Quade Cooper's social media, he does a really good job of promoting himself. So people feel like they know him, I think. No, but I get I'm, it. He,
0: the sensei, he, he does. He does some cool stuff. Well, I think the more the more players get their story out there, whether their story is one of not great perseverance. Like everyone's got say, a
1: everyone's got a story, man. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly,
0: yeah. and the, and that's how I don't know. That's how American players do it, and that's why you know people follow them so well. They're out doing stuff. They've got families. They're doing it for different reasons. Charities played at different high schools, so. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing the Wallabies. I'm looking forward to the Scam A2R. Um, that'll be interesting to see who pulls out to preserve their future careers. Um, and then, yeah, look, I, I suppose from a completely outside perspective, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Shoot Shield. I mean, what date is it? It's September. I know it's early, but the, as I said, we've crapped on about earlier. The fact that more teams aren't fucking well underway with recruitment, coaching, sorting out their side is baffling. So come sort of December, I think we'll have a better indication of what's going on. And um, I'll be able to throw a little bit more heat than I could last year. That's for sure.
1: Hell yeah. And I probably won't be able to throw any, but that's fine. And
0: I'll just direct squarely at you with absolutely no chips on the table, (laughs) no chips on the table. I'll just be like, Chubby, what do you think of this? So all your drug innuendo, which I, don't in, you know, I'll be getting back at you for
1: that. That'd be good. That'd be good. Well, um, Matt, I enjoy doing this. Uh, who knows know. what we'll talk about going forward? Maybe Hong Kong rugby. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll have a Hong Kong rugby show. I'll do a little bit of video editing for the Hong Kong rugby union. So I'm kind of know what's going on there a little bit. It's not a bad idea. I was, so mate, maybe I'll, we could uh, do that.
0: I'll definitely um, be airing grievances as well. I, I just, um, I might do one this afternoon. As the the people I know and depend on go back into a life of degenerate behaviour, drinking piss, sitting in pokies rooms, and I will call them and ask them uh, various questions about the queen dying and people responding to
1: that. I might go do that. The, do that uh, by the way, I might go into <laughs> okay. what you just said. So, can I? I just got to give you a couple of simple Chinese phrases to finish. Chao sil fan, chao sil fan um goi sai, barbecue pork. Please, but, sorry, but barbecue pork and rice, please. That's a specialty, super cheap One when you walk it. the street. Chow seal you love it, eh? Chow seal fun, Joel son. Ho ma Good morning, how are you? Ho Ho, well,
0: very good. You sound aggressive when you say it like that, though. But you well, that's so how you, you got
1: to have the Chinese accent, ho ho. anyway. <laughs> That's enough <laughs> rambling for today. Please buy caffeine gum. Please send Jed Gillespie nudes. Uh, I really, really appreciate anyone that sends him all those terrible rugby Instagram influences. Uh, oh, fuck some bro. of them are just I, so bad that it's not I even I was watching
0: one today, man.
1: Oh, my I know God. we're
0: wrapping up here. But I was watching one today, this fucking bloke, and there's, he's, he's trying to get footwork into contact, and he's throwing a frisbee at a guy who's doing footwork around a back. Have you seen that?
1: no frisbee
0: throwing a fucking frisbee tell me what the value in catching a frisbee is opposed to a rugby ball
1: yeah someone help like you got too much time
0: these people are fucking idiots
1: there's a market for people that actually know what they're doing and i think the problem is is the people that know what they're doing don't have the fucking time to go and do stupid things with frisbees and fucking
0: people are people are too gullible like if I went somewhere, it's probably, it's been my downfall as well. But if a coach was like, right, we're going to just grab a few Frisbees and just work into contact, I'd be like, you are a fucking moron. 100%. And it's right, but it's probably also too much. <laughs> I Where Like these guys are probably getting paid a couple of hundred bucks an hour to throw a Frisbee at like a, a guy. like, how, how do you not have the awareness to be like, this probably isn't going to help me at all.
1: And you know so what? Just- I'm going to put it on Instagram as well.
0: Oh, Yeah. Great warm up Uh, Gets the mind flowing Gets the feet working So does doing rugby Hold a rugby boy You fucking Absolute
1: elephant Fuck me um, Enjoy your last night In captivity Have a great time We'll talk soon Are you Sorry. allowed Are you allowed To roam the streets Of Wan Chai And Lan Kui Fong Searching for strippers And cocaine tomorrow
0: No I can roam the streets I can't go inside So I so You I've can
1: go have a look a, You can have a look around
0: yeah, I've got three days where I can just sort of roam the streets. That's why I'm going to a beach, you know. So, yeah. um, and the guys have a game on tomorrow. So, um, but where yeah, are they I can't, I can't, where are they playing? They're playing Scottish just at the down rock. Here, I think
1: at the rock or at the football club. I think they're at the football club. Football club.
0: It's a, football. it's an afternoon game. Um, and the, oh yeah, they. Oh, I just can't understate how fucking well organized they are here, and how. With there, it's just incredible but I, I suppose I'll, I'll know more once I tour the club and do some stuff like that and play games but it's just it's been fucking unbelievable, oh, it'll,
1: blow unbelievable. it'll blow your mind it's, it's legit world class there two I'm... ends two ends the
0: professionalism spectrum I'll tell you that two yes. ends
1: yes sir I um, really appreciate this mate may the force be with you much love and safety in Hong Kong and see you all later bye bye